0: Another one of my favorite is the teriyaki noodles, which is just like instant noodles with teriyaki Mm. sauce. I put two scoops of peanut butter into that. It turns it into like a (laughs) peanut noodle. It's really tasty and it's very filling and um, that's typically what I'll do for dinner.
1: You just bring a jar of peanut butter then?
0: Yeah, I actually made (laughs) notes about that. Peanut butter is life Um, for two reasons. One, it's delicious. Two, it's great emergency food. If you are stranded in the wilderness.
1: I'm your host, DeeDee Madigan, and you are listening to another episode of Home Plates, a podcast all about food and culture. This week, in a belated celebration of Earth Day, I sit down with my good friend, Brian Bartels, and he tells me all about the culture of backcountry food. Brian shares some tips and tricks for your next outdoor outing. Don't forget to subscribe, we are on iTunes, Google Play, Tune in and Stitcher. New episodes are released every Wednesday. Stay tuned, you're listening to another episode of Home Plates. Welcome to another episode of Home Plates. I'm your host, Dee Dee Madigan, and today we are doing a little something different. I have my good friend, Brian. here in the studio, to talk about the food culture of when you're backpacking in the backcountry. So uh, we're going to just kind of see where this episode goes, and hopefully, Brian, would you like to introduce yourself a little bit, just uh, who you are, and then maybe a little bit about your experience with it, and how you got into like backpacking and stuff.
0: So I'm Brian. I'm a junior here. I moved here from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where it's kind of flat. So when I moved to Seattle and I saw Rainier on campus, it was like a, an awakening for me. And uh, ever since freshman year, I've kind of been outside 50 to 100 days a year, as much as I can get out, just like trying to have fun in the woods, camping, climbing, skiing. This summer, actually, uh, I went camping with Didi. Uh We did a little two-night backpacking trip and it was super fun. It was an absolute pr- pleasure. She's just as charismatic in the woods.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. I like how you're really milking milking it yeah
0: I well know. i mean I, i'll never forget just like me like jumping over logs and then just kind of not really thinking and then all of a sudden i'd hear in the background yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> it took me like you would just go over them so easily and then like free and always and kylan were like kylan could do it yeah, but like re- do it. and then i would just be like okay okay i got this it's fine nothing
0: just, <laughs> nothing could stop didi though. nothing stopped her
1: I still have, like scars on my legs. Probably.
0: You still have scars on your legs. Yeah. Okay, now I kind of feel bad. No, it's okay. It's
1: it's, it's a good, uh, good story time, I guess. Uh, yeah. So
0: I kind of started camping when we were really young. We did like the typical Great American camping experience, <laughs> where you you get in your minivan with giant plastic bins of supplies, and you'd uh, drive to the woods, and you'd uh, you'd sit around the campfire, and you'd eat just delicious food. It was so fun. I mean, it's the classics. Like, we would, like, roast sausages, and then a couple unique things we had. We, we had these cast iron pie irons, which are, like, mm. squares. They're, like, 10 pounds each, and you'd, like, load it up with, like, pie crust and, like, apples, and you'd put it straight in the fire, and it was so good.
1: That sounds amazing.
0: Yeah, and then, of course, like, s'mores. Well, another really, really fun thing that my parents love to do and you know it's actually kind of funny because when I, whenever we would do it, I was a child and afraid of vegetables. But now <laughs> it sounds like the greatest thing in the world. You just take vegetables like uh, peppers, like every anything, tomatoes, whatever. You put it in like an aluminum foil basket, and like you like close it up, and then you just put it in the coals, and you let it sit mm. for twenty minutes. And then when you pull it out, it's still like full of juice and like just got that campfire taste. It's
1: gourmet and healthy.
0: Yeah, really good, <laughs> really tasty. Um, yeah, we did that. We also, my grandparents live in Vermont. They're on the lake. So every year we would do like a campfire at the end of our like summer getaway to Vermont. And we would just watch the sunset and like make veggie packs. And I would eat like beef hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, since since my youth, I have become much less picky. And I actually really want to make veggie packs now. That sounds wow. delicious.
1: Yeah, but this is also coming from someone who really appreciates and loves their frozen pizzas.
0: You know, I <laughs> just can't beat the ease of a frozen pizza. I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: it's okay. You texted me about the podcast, and you're like, can I be on the podcast to talk about frozen pizza <laughs> food culture? I was like, I, w- I would love that, but maybe we can figure something else out. And here we are now.
0: Yeah, this is far superior. Um, <laughs> there are no frozen pizzas in the backcountry, so maybe we'll, we'll lay off on the frozen okay. pizza. <laughs> Moving forward, um, I went backpacking with my dad. For the first time in like middle early high school we did like 10 days and there was tons of cool food culture then it was like kind of an organized trip so you had like food pre-prepared for you but it was heavy and it was oftentimes dehydrated and you would get resupplies once every like three or four days and the cool thing about the resupply points was if you got food that you didn't like you put it in a big bucket and left it there and you could grab whatever you want from the bucket So there's this cool, like, sharing community, and, like, you'd run to the bucket and be like, oh, is there anything good? (laughs) And it was almost always squeezed cheese.
1: Squeezed cheese? Nobody
0: wanted the squeezed cheese.
1: Did you grab the squeezed cheese?
0: (laughs) No. No, I dumped my squeezed cheese. (laughs) Definitely not. (laughs) But, yeah, that's kind of, like, this, like, backpacking food experience was very typical for, like, what people imagine it to be. It's, like, you go to REI, you'll get your dehydrated food, which is, like, kind of expensive. It's like 7 to $10 for dinner. And then sometimes people will get some for uh, breakfast, but they're really convenient. It's like a metal lined bag full of just like dehydrated food. It's super light. You boil water in the, on the stove, and then you just dump it in, close the bag, and then your dinner's done in 15 minutes. And then there's no cleanup. You just roll up the bag and put it in your trash, in your trash bucket or trash container, that whatever you're keeping your trash in. And it's um they're really delicious.
1: What are some examples of these uh, meals? Because I remember going to REI and being like very surprised. There are some like impressive meals that you can get that are dehydrated.
0: Oh man, I mean just like any sort of like chicken dish, like beef stew. You could like rehydrate biscuits at one point. That's crazy. But I actually, I really don't actually use the dehydrated food that much because I've sort of like paved my own path into (laughs) uh, more interesting and cheaper alternatives for uh, (laughs) my uh, backcountry food. Also, oatmeal in the mornings is very classic for uh, like what you'd imagine for backpacking. Really delicious. I don't do it for uh, two reasons. One, it takes a long time. Two... Who wants to clean out an oatmeal bowl in the morning? (laughs) It's just the worst. There's no sink.
1: That's why I don't even, like, do it at home. Yeah. I'm just not into it.
0: (laughs) But, yeah, coffee in the mornings is good, though. Get some uh, powdered coffee. Everything tastes better in the backcountry, by the way. So...
1: I can, I can attest to yeah. this. Like, I was very pleased with our dining experience yeah. <laughs> on our backpacking trip. I really enjoyed the nor that you got. I brought some nor actually. Oh, wow. Wow. What kind did you bring?
0: Spanish rice.
1: Spanish rice.
0: It all fits. I actually brought my entire kitchen, and it fits right here in my left hand, about the size of a small football. I guess footballs are all the same size, but... <laughs>
1: <laughs> like a youth size football. I
0: play sports. <laughs> yeah. And then um there's my norm. Look at that. And then um just to just kind of describe people what a, what a stove looks like. It's a propane canister. What how would you describe the size? It's of like
1: these? imagine a propane like tank and then just like shrink it a bunch <laughs> so that fits into like your hand.
0: About the size of like a tea mug.
1: Yeah, like a big tea mug, yeah.
0: And then about the size of, if you made a deck of cards circular, (laughs) you've got your stove here, which comes automatically with a little lighter, which you can use to um, set it up. And then the whole thing actually fits into the bowl, or the the pot, which is um, about the size of a youth football. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it's really simple. I mean, you just put your water in here with the rice. And so nor, for example. So I mean we're we're diving straight into how I, I make my food in <laughs> that country.
1: What is Noor for people who don't know what Noor is?
0: So nor can be bought in pretty much any grocery store across the country. It costs about a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like the ramen of instant rice. It's but, really good. Well <laughs> I would say it, it's one like it's one solid food level above ramen in terms of flavor. And it's super easy. It's just instant rice mixed in with like a tiny bit of dehydrated peppers, dehydrated uh, like tomato sauce, and then just like a bunch of spices mixed in. So you just you pour your Spanish rice into the bowl with the water, you make it, and the trick with nor the the master plan is you have to have something extra. So with Spanish rice, I highly recommend you bring some sun dried tomatoes.
1: Ooh, Uh
0: that sounds good. You get some small diced up sun-dried tomatoes. You mix them in while it's cooking. It rehydrates the tomatoes. It adds a ton of flavor, and it'll really fill it out. Another one of my favorite is the teriyaki noodles, which is just like instant noodles with Mm. teriyaki sauce. I put two scoops of peanut butter into that. It turns it into like a (laughs) peanut noodle. It's really tasty, and it's very filling. And um, that's typically what I'll do for dinner.
1: You just bring a jar of peanut butter then?
0: Yeah, I actually made (laughs) notes about that. Peanut butter is life. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, for two reasons, one, it's delicious, two, it's great emergency food. If you are stranded in the wilderness, you can't just drive to Safeway, like you need to be able to have some extra calories to get you through. So if I'm going on a one night overnight, I'll bring an entire jar of peanut butter, even though it's 2,600 calories. <laughs> because if I have to spend an, an extra night, let's say something happens, like we get lost, someone gets injured, we have to like wait for a rescue. You got a jar of peanut butter. You might start hating peanut butter by the end, but it's it's really good to have that sort of uh, extra food. Okay, so just looking through my notes for the current setup. Breakfast, <laughs> I do granola. Granola is good. Sometimes I'll do Pop-Tarts, but that kind of goes, that that like mixes in with the masochism <laughs> section because I've discovered that I can eat four Pop-Tarts, but I can't eat five.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what kind of pop tart?
0: Strawberry or brown sugar cinnamon.
1: Brown sugar cinnamon are the best. Yeah. Um,
0: For lunch, I'll usually have bread. I think I brought a baguette. (laughs) You brought a whole baguette. I brought a whole baguette. (laughs) You can bring some, like, lunch meats for a few days, uh, some jelly if you want some. But lunch is kind of on the fly, though. Sometimes you just don't have a sit-down time. Like, you're not, like, you're just, like, hiking. It's, like, you just, like, eat throughout the day. So I highly recommend almonds to anyone who wants to be full because almonds are 170 calories per ounce.
1: Oh, wow. You look those up. You have, like, notes. I have
0: notes, I'm very impressed, Brian. And bars. Bars are good. Be careful with the bars. I can't eat Clif bars anymore because I've just, like, (laughs) destroyed my tolerance (laughs) for Clif bars. And then, yeah, I really like my setup because everything I eat can be purchased in the grocery store. They're common
1: things to find. You don't need to go to REI.
0: And especially for long trips, sometimes you need to actually – hitchhike to a grocery store to get more food. Like you're not going to hitchhike to an REI. <laughs> and, yeah, like. And then uh, super important and I think this is this is huge for food culture in the backcountry. You need your treat food. You need food that isn't just calories per ounce. And I think a lot about calories per ounce cuz I care a lot about weight. Like whatever's in my back, I have to carry. But you always got to have that tree food. I like Scooby Snacks. <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing. That was a really personal moment. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. I, the, the last thing I want to do is make my guests feel uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry.
0: I know people who bring, like, dark chocolate squares. Mm-hmm. Just, like, something that you know is going to be, like, really tasty, no matter what. And that's super important because, I mean, sometimes, like, you can only eat peanut butter for so long. And then it's <laughs> like you eventually start eating peanut butter just to, like, s- stay awake.
1: <laughs>
0: but once you finish your peanut butter, you can have your Scooby snacks and everything's okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I brought many donuts on our backpack. Yeah, YouTube. I
0: mean, that's great street food. So, yeah, I mean, since I brought up the calories, I have a, a little section on calories oh, okay. here. So yeah. I usually shoot for an average of 100 calories per ounce for my food. This is because if you bring a banana, that banana weighs a pound, <laughs> and or weighs a half a pound, and maybe is like hundred calories. So that's just like, you can only bring so many bananas. <laughs> um, but all your classic like calorie dense foods, you guys know like nuts, peanut butter, olive oil. I highly recommend if you're doing, if you're looking to cut weight, bringing a like a six ounce or four ounce thing of olive oil, and you add a dash to every meal. Because olive oil is 234 calories per ounce.
1: Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. (laughs) Makes me rethink a lot of the cooking I do.
0: (laughs) Olive oil is incredibly calorie dense. And um, that kind of uh, segues well into the the masochism section. Oh, let's go for it. Because when you're doing really long ascents, say you need to bring 14 days of food, the classic meal is couscous and olive oil. I've never had to do this personally, but you can add a lot of olive oil to couscous without making it taste like poop. <laughs> it's still going to be edible. And so what you'll do is you'll you'll bring like a lot of olive oil. It just works. Some people will bring like meal replacement powder. I actually had a friend try this. He was trying to do a, I think either a five or a seven day trip with only Soylent. Have you heard of Soylent? I'll describe it. It's like powdered soy that you add vitamins and, like, protein and, like, fiber to. Uh. And then you mix it with water, and it becomes a smoothie. And it's hypothetically, and I'm putting big air (laughs) quotes here, supposed to be all you need to survive.
1: Oh, my God.
0: (laughs) It tastes like shredded paper. It's really bad. He Uh. thought he was going to do this seven-day trip with only Soylent. He was just going to eat Soylent the whole time. It was so bad that two days in, He started running to get to the end. He did 30 miles a day. He finished three days early, but he also gave himself bone spurs.
1: Oh, my God.
0: And now he has bone spurs in his feet because he tried to eat only Soylent.
1: Well, that's a good (laughs) anti-testimonial
0: That's why bringing good food into the woods is super important. You got it?
1: On the other hand, I remember you telling us about, like, some people. I don't know if you knew them or not. I can't remember but some people you saw on the trail that you were doing that like brought a whole set of like skill oh, like yeah, pans yeah. and like they like just like cooked gourmet meals like
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of moves into the section of like what I think is good to do. Like what I'm wanting to like mo- look forward to. I have a section here titled bring it anyway. I've, uh, there's been two instances where I've been super impressed with people. The first time I was also a little bit just like blown away because these people had 70 pound packs. These were high schoolers uh, doing a section of the Appalachian Trail. And I was, I was also doing a section of the Appalachian Trail. They were doing like five miles a day. We were doing like
1: 12 <laughs> to 15.
0: <laughs> and they had 70 pound packs and they had like, they had like a walk in their pack and just like all vegetables. It looked great. I mean, they were, like, cooking, like, an hour a night, just, like, really making dinner every night. And it looked super good. But, man, their knees must have hurt. Like, yeah. <laughs> so
1: there's one extreme, the soil, and then this other extreme, bringing the wok. Yeah, so,
0: so just for, like, a, for comparison, like, 70 pounds is, like, a lot. My pack typically weighs 20 to 30 pounds. The ultralight the most ultralight backpackers can get it down to, like, 10 to 15 pounds. That's
1: insane.
0: So, yeah. 70 pounds is, like, imagine 30 extra pounds of food every day. Oh. That's, like, two full Safeway bags full of food. Yeah. Just, like, man. I would
1: just, like, eat it, like, the food way too fast just to, like, get rid of the
0: whole yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other time I was super impressed is I was doing... Three fingers. The the mountain we slept oh, yeah, under. Yeah. Um, I went to the t- I was going to the top, and we met some people at the top in the cabin that's up there, and he had brought beer, sausage, <laughs> and vegetables, and he made a beer stew with like sausage and veggies, and it was so delicious. <laughs> and I ate nor, and nor is great, <laughs> but I really had some envy that night. I yeah. was like, man, that looks delicious. <laughs> But, yeah, what I'm really excited about, and I want to try this. I really want to try this. Okay. You can do self-dehydration where you,
1: oh. in
0: your, either in your own oven, or you can buy a specific dehydrator, and you can just, like, you can dehydrate crazy stuff. I mean, there's classic, like, cut up a mango real thin and, like, mm-hmm. make mango slices, which, first of all, amazing <laughs> treat food. <laughs> really delicious. Get the, uns- the one that doesn't have sugar on it because mango is already sweet enough. Bring that. Oh, man, that's so good throughout <laughs> the day. I wanna make some. You can also like make like chicken breasts and like turn it into like chicken jerky.
1: Oh yeah. Um
0: you can dehydrate veggies, like make I'm mean, apple chips or like cucumber chips or whatever. But what I heard you can do that I really wanna try, if you spread pasta sauce real thin, you can dehydrate pasta sauce and turn it into like flakes.
1: Oh whoa. Put it
0: in a bag, bring your couscous, your olive oil, oh. and your pasta sauce, you rehydrate it all together. And you have, like, uh, pasta, like, you have marinara ready to go. And it's very light, too, which is why I'm super Did interested You do that
1: and then bring your baguette again.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, was, maybe some vinegar, too. Get was, some, like, my baguette. That's really gourmet. Vinegar. Ooh.
1: That's gourmet.
0: I'm, I'm down. That's yeah. a good idea.
1: Next time. Maybe this summer you can do that.
0: <laughs> yeah. I would love to do that. But I also really need to buy, yeah, so now I'm on to, like, the, the general stuff. I, I just like kept thinking about stuff this morning that I wanted to talk about. You're not alone when you're backpacking. <laughs> you can bring the most delicious food in the world, and if you leave it out overnight, you're going to get some visitors. And it's not Dee, Dee coming to <laughs> steal your food. It's, Although I um,
1: would do it if I knew where you were.
0: That sounds g- creepy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would be super impressed if I'm like, off like 30 miles away, <laughs> yes. and all of a sudden, Dee Dee's like, there. She doesn't have a backpack or anything. She's like,
1: Hey, Brian, what's up? Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. I just, I'm just coming from
1: class. I, I heard that you had almonds. Just want yeah. some almonds. <laughs> some Scooby snacks, too. No, it's
0: going to be uh, mammals of varying sizes. <laughs> mice are everywhere that people camp, they figure it out. I've never been to a campsite that doesn't have any mice. So, uh, overnight, you've got to hang your food. You put it in a bag of it, like, it doesn't have to be a strong bag. And get some nice, like, strong cord and, like, pull it up into a tree. Preferably away from the tree, like, uh, 15 feet and 30 feet up. That's, like, pretty aggressive, though. It's hard to do. (laughs) So, uh, if you're just protecting against mice off the ground, someplace that they can't get to is good enough. Also, and this is a problem only in the, the further away you get from people, is bears. They sell specific things to keep bears out of food, bear cans bear bags and uh if you, you're you in a bear dense area you have to walk like 100 yards at least away from your campsite hang it 30 feet up in the tree 15 feet away from the tree it's a real pain but you really don't want to have a bear at night because those are big
1: yeah yeah have you had any uh incidences with any furry friends
0: Um, I've never had any problems with bears, but one time my dad was snoring in another tent, Uh and we thought it was a bear. (laughs) So we woke up the whole campsite, and then we were like, where'd it go? (laughs) It was my dad. Ooh, that's another thing I want to talk about. Uh, Utensils when you're backpacking. okay. So the classic is a spork.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And you've probably seen the spork. It's called Light My Fire (laughs) Spork. And I have one right here in my hands. They break so easily you got to be careful, because you might come in with one utensil and all of a sudden have two, and you have to be eating your food with, like, the tips of your fingers with half a spoon. (laughs) Um, People will spend $12 on a titanium spork. I have not yet made that purchase, Uh but um, I might. Maybe, like, I don't know, reward myself at the end of the quarter. Gatorade is good. Yeah. Well, it's important to make sure that you're keeping your, your salts up and your sugars in your bloodstream, You can be fully hydrated, and if you're not eating, you're going to be in trouble. Um, I've actually just, like, if I'm doing a long trip, I'll just, like, start to get, like, muscle shakes. Like, oh, man, like, wow, I'm really tired, even though I'm, like, hydrating all the time. And in that case, it's probably because you don't have enough sugars in your bloodstream. Gatorade's a good way to help with that. Mm -hmm. I have Gatorade powder. It's really good. There has been one time where it was really cold, and we were, like, pushing on hypothermia. (laughs) We made a... Gatorade tea. It was pretty good. Not gonna lie. Like...
1: I, yeah, I could see that, A lot actually. better than
0: you'd expect.
1: Like, what, did you have, like, red Gatorade or something?
0: No, it was green Gatorade.
1: Green. Oh, interesting. It was just,
0: like, I don't know, like, hot, sugary water. Yeah. Pretty tasty, though. It also... Warm. Yeah, it kept... It, it <laughs> warmed us up because we were really cold. <laughs> I've been with several of my friends who are environment uh, studies majors. Uh-huh. And... They have taken classes on uh, edible foods, in the woods, oh. which is really fun to hang out with them. Because um, <laughs> you'll be walking along, and they're like, "Oh yeah, that's that. That's like that plant." And they'll like break off a little bit and they'll eat it. I'm not gonna experiment with that until I've taken said, said class that would or be smart. learned how to <laughs> uh, recognize uh, wild foods. But I have been on several hikes where there's just blueberries the uh-huh. whole way, and blueberries are so good. They're really tiny, really tiny, the wild blueberries, because they don't have as much nutrients to grow off of.
1: Mm. But
0: they are really, really packed with flavor. And you could spend an hour and maybe get, like, 200 calories worth of blueberries. For takes free. A, for free, but that also takes a long time. You're picking these tiny <laughs> blueberries, and you're, like, you're eating them one at a time. But it's really, really tasty and super fun.
1: But this is not a uh, trial by error. Sort no, of no. Unless thing you want to do, you're
0: really trying to get in touch with your inner Neanderthal. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I don't think they lived to eighty like we do. No. They ate too many wild berries. Uh,
1: there's a reason we've evolved. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Things have changed. Yeah. Uh
1: huh.
0: Oh, that's another thing I want to talk about. And this might have to get stitched into the masochism section. Okay. Um, when I was uh, on part of the Appalachian Trail in Vermont, we met a few people who have gone stoveless. Stoveless okay. is like the ultralight of the ultralight. It's when you just, like, you don't have your stove. So for breakfast, you eat cold things. For lunch, you eat cold things. And for dinner, you eat cold things. It seemed like it really took a lot of the joy out of the experience. Um, He was eating, like, tuna sandwiches for dinner. And it was just like, man, you're, like, 50. Like, uh, that's supposed to be, like, something a college student does. You're doing
1: this for fun. Yeah. By choice.
0: That's very cool. But also, I would never do that. Some people will – this this is another thing I saw on the Appalachian Trail. They'll – you can make your own stove uh, out of a cat food tin. Basically, like imagine the like the heaters that you put under catered food. Those like yeah. little those little like blue flames. Uh-huh. Imagine that shape, but you fill it with like a really high percentage uh, like food grade, not food grade alcohol, but like it's like fuel alcohol. And then you just like light it, and it's like it's like a stove. Oh wow! Super light. That's like significantly lighter than this, but um, it also isn't as reliable.
1: It's so also kinda small, isn't it? would the flame wouldn't get that big.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well what they'll do is they'll they've really they perfected the art. They'll boil their whatever, their rice, their water in a small tin. And uh, then they um as soon as it starts to boil, they actually take it off, close the lid and insulate it with an insulation. Mm-hmm. And then they just let it simmer without heat for fifteen minutes and that'll uh, actually cook it the rest of the way.
1: Oh, I see. Yeah, smart. Yeah, we're actually wasting <laughs> a
0: lot of energy when we cook at home because you could just cook yeah, food. True. Yeah, you could cook food with insulation pretty easily.
1: What What has been one of your favorite meals on, uh, on the trails?
0: Ooh, favorite meals on the trail. That's a tough question. I mean, probably the first time I had the teriyaki nori and discovered <laughs> that you could put peanut butter into it to make it taste really good. That was super tasty. When I was in Vermont I did the Long Trail which took us 22 days and the last night my mom and sister came to do a one night overnight with us on the the final day and she brought she brought campfire food like what nice, we what we nice. what we would have eaten on the car camping trip and uh so they met us on the road and then we we hiked another mile and then with all the heavy food we made a campfire and we we cooked the heavy food and it was really delicious it was like a throwback but This is actually super, and I'm glad you you made me think of this, is um, sometimes the best part about backpacking food is the meal that you get after you're done. Yeah.
1: Because
0: you're all real tired, you're sweaty, like, you're literally covered in dirt. Like, you've been hiking for three days... You get off. Didn't we go to the. We
1: went to like a little diner. We went to
0: like this like burger shack.
1: Oh, so good.
0: And it was so good. It's like you could eat like just like milkshakes. I had a 32 ounce milkshake that day. It was huge. (laughs) It was huge. And I I was like, I looked at it, I was like, I'm not going to finish this. I finished. (laughs) I finished the whole thing.
1: (laughs) We were so hungry. That place was great. They had like donuts, fish and chips, and burgers.
0: Yeah. And it's just like, you got to like reward yourself at the end. It's nice too. If you if you're smart, you can bring a, a set of car clothes. Yeah, that's then, what we did. Yeah, thanks you bring, to you. Your... You bring your car clothes. You put it in the car, and then when you get when you get back to the car, you change mm-hmm. it out of your dirty clothes. You drive to a. I wouldn't say don't go to a nice restaurant. Go to like kind of a shitty restaurant and eat the shittiest food, and it's so tasty.
1: It was like the best meal, I've had in a while. <laughs> yeah, right.
0: <laughs> and it's I don't know because it's like whenever you're backpacking, the food tastes great. Like. Mhm. I'll eat this protein bar here and I'll be like, yeah, like, this is great, Like I'm so hungry. Or like I'll eat my Spanish rice, which cost me a dollar. <laughs> and it's like, wow, like this is the best thing. But then you'll go and you'll be like, oh yeah. Yeah. I'm back in civilization.
1: <laughs> you also, you made sure we had a treat at the end before we got to the restaurant and got mm. uh, the pink sugar cookies. Oh yeah. yeah. That was-
0: Those were delicious. Those
1: were great, those were a great addition. Some people really don't like those cookies, but... I think I mean, they're, they're wrong. Good. Anything else? Major major points that you want to go over?
0: I think I, I think we should talk about water a little bit.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, because you should talk about your gravity filter that you... Uh,
0: yeah, oh. so yeah. another thing you can't take... You take for granted living in the 21st century in uh, modern uh, life is uh, just water out the tap. In in the backcountry, um, typically... And some there's been some contention on this. You have to filter your water, uh, especially if you're in lower elevations. If you're filtering off of, off of a lake or a pond, definitely filter because there's animals in there. Uh, you don't want to get what they've got. And so that takes a little while. You can you have to like either use chemical filtration or you have to squeeze the water through a filter itself. And that's what we did. I actually built a gravity filter which suspended the gallon of water uh twenty feet above the filter itself and that's twenty feet of water pressure pushing down and it was pretty fast. It wasn't a faucet, but it was like a <laughs> it was like a bad water fountain. <laughs>
1: yeah. It was impressive. It was nice to fill up our water bottles yeah. before we had But down. the
0: higher in elevation I get, the less likely I am to filter my water. I will if it's coming straight off a glacier, I'll just fill it up right there. It's ice cold, it's clear you're tired, you're thirsty, (laughs) and it's just like the best water.
1: (laughs) And how much water should you be drinking a day?
0: So you should have two liters of water with you. So like two liter water bottles, definitely. But you should be drinking at least three or four liters a day. I'd say is like a good benchmark. If it's in the summer and you're sweating, man, you can go through water real fast. And you definitely should be. If it's cold and the humidity is high, you're not sweating, you're not losing air, losing water through your breathing um then you can you can carry a little bit less but it's so tasty yeah (laughs) this is actually something i've been thinking about humans are the only things that i know that sometimes don't like water
1: i don't i feel like people who say they don't like water are lying like i just don't understand that but
0: like it happens people sometimes will just like not drink water
1: but like that literally i just feel like that's like not it's like it's crazy I just don't understand that don't at understand all.
0: That. You've never seen... It's just
1: like, it just tastes bad. It's like, water literally has no flavor.
0: I think it tastes great. It makes me feel amazing.
1: Your body literally needs water to function. Yeah. It's not like a thing that you can just be like,
0: Yeah.
1: No, I'm just going to drink. I mean, I guess you can. But I feel like those people are lying. Like.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. They need to go backpacking.
1: Yeah. and then They'll get they'll...
0: really thirsty.
1: And be like, wow.
0: I'll filter them a cold glass <laughs> of glacier water. And then they'll be like, yeah, this is delicious. You
1: should like, lead like group expeditions for people who hate water. Man, I feel Come like on this backpacking trip with me, and I I'll like teach you how to love water. People who say they hate
0: water are not going to be able to make it far into the backcountry. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Actually, that's true. <laughs> I'm
0: sorry, that was mean. Drink no. your water, folks.
1: <laughs> no, but like, I mean, you took like. Me and Elise, like Island, and we we had like never done backpacking before. You so. guys were great. Thanks, Brian.
0: Super All under good.
1: your wisdom and leadership. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we only got lost once.
1: Yeah, we did some Twice. major bushwhacking.
0: <laughs> we did some major bushwhacking. Super fun.
1: It was fun.
0: The the prickly bushes were taller than Dee Dee.
1: Yeah, I mean a lot of things were <laughs> taller than me. <laughs> it was fun though. We literally, there was a debate amongst the water usage of, that almonds take to grow. Yeah. <laughs> when we were taking a break, Brian least got into it about uh, whether it's worth it or not. Because I think you said, like, offhandedly, like, oh, I wonder, like, how much it takes, you know, how almonds yeah. grow or something.
0: <laughs> I actually got into another discussion <laughs> on this since then. Um, and they do take one gallon to grow. Like one almond takes a gallon of water, but if it's still it's still less water usage than uh, the equivalent amount of uh, any meat, if that makes sense. Yeah,
1: and you're getting those calories. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. So like,
0: 100 calories of almonds is less water than 100 calories of any meat. Okay. Even though 100 calories of almonds is more water than other produce.
1: Okay, well, this is good. Yeah,
0: it's good news. We can
1: have at least some free to this, and yeah. then maybe they can argue some more. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, there was there was no fighting.
1: No, there no no fighting at all. It was great. It was it, perfect. It was a great experience. <laughs> it's like I definitely think you don't really think about food in the backcountry if you haven't really done backpacking before, but mm-hmm. it's definitely a culture unto itself, and. You definitely opened up the door to that this sum- over last summer. I was introduced to Noor and it was <laughs> so good.
0: Yeah,
1: I used the leftover Noor and like made it at home. And I uh, make
0: it at home all the time. It's,
1: <laughs> like, it's like so easy and it's so good. Like
0: yeah, I'll if I'm if I'm at home I'll eat the Spanish rice with a can of beans. I'm not gonna bring the can of beans backpacking because it's too heavy. It's still, it's got too much like extra water in it, but it's really good. Backpacking is super fun. I think everyone should try and spend more time outside. It's really therapeutic. It just helps so much with whatever you're going through. And if you do it right, you're going to have really tasty food at the same time. <laughs> and get cool pictures for your Instagram.
1: Oh, yeah. Do it for the Insta. Do it That's... for the gram. And and UW even has, uh, you can rent gear if you don't have it.
0: True. the UWild uh, gear garage uh, rents tents, sleeping bags, trekking poles. And then if you're trying to do some more adventurous stuff, the climbing center rents out ice axes and mountaineering boots, like uh, I have more trekking poles. Um, it's a easy thing to get into. I think, I think there's a, a little bit of a, people feel like there's more of a bar than there is. You could do an overnight with a regular backpack and sneakers. If you can find, uh, there are trips where you can hike to like a natural shelter in a few miles. And in that case, like I mean, Kylan had he had a tiny little backpack. Like a school backpack would have been better. So if you grab you grab your school backpack, you grab a sleeping bag from a friend. If you really just don't have the time to like figure out the stove stuff, bring bring don't bring a stove. Just like bring regular food.
1: Who makes sandwiches? Yeah, you
0: can make sandwiches for for one night in the woods. Sneakers, school backpack, sleeping bag, sandwiches, and just try it out. It's fun. It's
1: fun. <laughs> we promise you. We, we promise. If you don't have fun, you can track us down. <laughs> yeah,
0: if you have any questions, too, <laughs> ask. <Like. laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, like, find someone like Brian, you yeah. know, to uh, help you out. I feel like the culture behind, like, you know, outdoorsy people and people who hike and stuff is pretty friendly, you know? Yeah. They want you to get into it, too. So, Or you can just read about it online because the Internet's a great <laughs> yeah. tool. And are uh, really easy. To uh, finish up, I always like to ask my guests their favorite food memory. Favorite food memory, like not constrained to just uh, backpacking in the back country. Just like a favorite food memory you've had.
0: Maybe, maybe it's the time I made the my signature buttery bread rolls Ooh. for the dinner. Thanksgiving dinner at your house, actually. Yeah,
1: our Friendsgiving.
0: Yeah, your Friendsgiving. It was super fun. I made, like, two full batches of buttery bread rolls from scratch. It's, like, my signature dish. (laughs) I do it really well. He does. It was cool because nobody believed that I had made it from scratch. And I was like, no, I made it. And they were like, wow, these are some of the best bread rolls I've ever had. And I was like, "Uh Like, (laughs) uh-huh. Yeah, they are.
1: (laughs) Well, they were so good, too, because Kyle would make pulled pork, pork. Yeah. And so, just put some on your bread rolls. It was delicious.
0: Maybe next time I go backpacking, I'll make a batch. Ooh. And bring that instead of the baguette. Ooh. Ooh. Now you're talking. Big idea. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show today, Brian. Thank
0: Actually. you so much for having me. Uh, I really hope that it uh, uh, gets people excited about being outside. And uh, I hope that it, everyone learns something new about uh, what it means to eat well in the woods.
1: And hopefully people can go out and try it because today it's very cold but when you're listening to this hopefully the sun will be out and you'll be wearing shorts and flip flops and it'll be fantastic.
0: Shorts and hiking shoes.
1: Shorts and hiking... I wear my hiking boots in honor of this episode. Nice. Also it's very cold and I like how warm they are. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. Thanks so much and thank you for listening. This has been another episode of Home Plates. New episodes come out every Wednesday.
0: I'm Aiden Walker. And I'm Blake Peterson. Together, we host a podcast called Cinema Adventure, where we discuss movies with important guests, talk about their favorite movies, and recommend movies that you may have never heard of before. So join us every other Monday on the Soundbite Network so we can film you in. Uh, Wasn't that good? It was really good. It's a good pun, isn't it? (laughs) For more like this and other great shows covering sports, science, relationships, and the arts, visit the Soundbite's website, uwpodcast.com. That's uwpodcast.com.